Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, Matt Densky continues our 10 Practices series, where we'll be talking about 10 daily and weekly practices that can define our faith and bring growth in our life. Matt talks about responsibility this week and about how we can make the most of our time we have now when we see how much time we have left, and encourages us to use our time responsibly. We look at David in 1 Samuel 16, verses 5 through 13, and how he was faithful in the little things and how we can be too. We hope you enjoy this message. What's up, high school, and welcome to another week of FGS. We are so excited that you are here. It is me, Matt, and no, we are not filming from church this week. We are filming from my home, so welcome to Matt's home. Uh, Over the past few weeks, guys, we have been talking through some spiritual practices, 10 practices is what we're calling them, very creative, and we feel like these 10 practices are rhythms and ways of Jesus that if implemented into our lives will help our faith not just survive, but thrive. I mean, I honestly believe that these practices can help us have a stronger faith than we've ever had before, even before COVID, when we were still meeting together and things like that, we're saying these practices, these rhythms, these ways of Jesus will help our faith blossom and thrive and come to a maturity now and beyond COVID. So we are really hoping you guys have been enjoying them and applying them. And this week, uh, we are talking about a brand new practice, practice number seven. And the practice is remain responsible. I know, it's like super exciting, and I know you can't wait to hear it. Actually, I bet most of you guys are like, remain responsible? What does that have to, what, what kind of practice is that? Like, okay, boomer. But hear me out, this week is is not uh, really about <clears throat> like doing this or not doing that or, or things like that. It's really all about time. This week is all about time. I have in front of me a very scientific and specific tool to measure time. <laughs> That's right. I know you've seen these before. This is a sand timer. You've probably seen these in like a taboo board game or a something like that. This right here is to help my sons understand how long they need to brush their teeth for. And uh, and they, they're pretty simple, right? Like the sand in the bottom uh, is showing how much time has passed, how much has gone by. You won't get it back. It's already been measured. It's already gone. The sand up top is showing you how much you have left. But right here in the middle, this choke point right in the middle, is actually the crucial stuff. This is showing us what's happening now, what's happening in the moment. What are we doing with this? And it's actually this principle that's really inspired me over the years. I've been very challenged in my faith, and Jesus has brought some things to the surface for me. But there's a principle in life that goes like this. We tend to make the most of the time we have now when we see how much time we have left. And so simple ways of measuring time and getting a visual helps us make the most of the now. In fact, recently I discovered in the average lifespan here here in um, the United States, the average lifespan, we have about 4,000 weeks in our life. And that's it. And maybe you hear 4,000, you're like, I got plenty of time. But I don't know, man. I heard 4,000 weeks and that's it. And I did the math and sure enough, it's about 88 years. That's that's average lifespan. I said, wow, 40. 
4,000 weeks, that's that's nothing. I mean, it just put this fire under me, right? We, we tend to make the most of the time we have now when we see how much time we have left. And so this whole idea about remaining responsible, this practice, is really driven by uh, being faithful with time. Jesus um, models this. In fact, the scriptures have a lot to say about how we use our time. Uh, this, this is one of the big categories. The talents God has given you, the treasures or, or um, money or gifts that God has given us in life, and then time, the time that he's given us. This is one of these big categories that God expects us to do something with. And, and the practice this week is how do we actually remain responsible? How, how do we make the most of our time? And I want to look at a story tonight, a very interesting story, about a, a guy named King David. And you've probably heard of David. He's uh, the most famous king of all of Israel, except for Jesus. But in the Old Testament, um, when he was first chosen to be king, he was a nobody, and he was a no-name. And um, he was kind of overlooked as well. And so it's it's a really, really interesting story. So I want us to, to turn uh, in our scriptures to First. Samuel, old school, Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 16. We're going to be in verse 5 through 13. Here's the context. There's this king of Israel, and his name is Saul. Saul is this, he's kind of like this rugged dude, and he's handsome. Scriptures say he's handsome. He's a shoulder height above every other dude. He's just like this guy, this macho man, and everybody loves Saul. And Saul had a great start as the king of Israel, but a terrible finish because he stopped listening to God. And so at a certain point, God decides, I want to anoint a new king. And there's this man named Samuel, and Samuel is a prophet. And in the Old Testament, prophets were like mouthpieces for God. He would speak to them, and then they would speak on his behalf. And God says to Samuel, I want you to go to such and such place. I want you to go to this place and this house, because I'm going to anoint a new king. And there's a man named Jesse, and Jesse has some sons, and one of those sons is going to be the king. I'll let you know. So Samuel rolls on over to Jesse's house. At the end of verse 5, it says, He consecrated Jesse and his sons. He invited them to the sacrifice he was going to give to God. When they came, the first son, named Eliab, walked in front of Samuel. When they came, Samuel looked on Eliab and he thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed before him. He looked at him and he's like, this has got to be the dude. This is the new king. So this is Jesse's first son, the oldest son probably. Verse 7, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't look at his appearance or on the height of his stature because I've actually rejected him. The Lord does not see as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And then Jesse called his next son, Abinadab, and he made him pass before Samuel. And God says, neither has the Lord chosen this one. And then Jesse made Shema pass by. And he said, the Lord has not chosen this one. And then Jesse made all seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And none of them were the chosen ones the new king. So you can imagine the scene, right? Like you get this word that 
The prophet of God is coming to your house to choose the new king, and it's going to be one of you. And you and all the other brothers are like super competitive and like, oh, it's going to be me, dog. Once he sees me, you know, you, you, you got your eyebrows on fleek. You're looking, you know, you got your drip going. And here comes the first son, Eliab. And, he, you know, he's practiced his walk a few times. He's ready to get right in front of uh, Samuel. And he just walks up. He starts strutting in front of him, feeling good about himself. And Samuel looks at him. God says, it's not him. Samuel's like, really? But that dude looks, God's like, it's not him. I'm, I'm looking at the heart. All seven sons walk by, not a single one. And so it's really interesting because Samuel's there to choose. And none of these are the, uh, are the new king. So Samuel actually says to Jesse, the dad, he says, listen, do you have any others? Which is such a such a funny question, right? Like, I I know you you brought your son. Do you have like one more somewhere? Did we forget one? Did you overlook one? Is he like hiding in a room? So you're just kind of embarrassed about him. And actually, interestingly, sure enough, uh, Jesse looks at Samuel and he says, "Well, I mean, we have one more, the youngest one." But he's not, he's out with the sheep, dude. Like, you want him? And Samuel says, Yeah, send and get him. I'm not going to sit down until he gets here. And they went and found him and they brought him in. And God said to Samuel, Anoint him. That's the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and he anointed David in the midst of the brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. He was the king, the anointed king. So tonight, though, is not really about David being chosen as king. It's really about remaining responsible, right? It's really about this idea that being faithful in the little things leads to great things when God uses them. So think about the scene. Jesse's got his sons out. Samuel's there to choose a new king. The family knows what's going on. Imagine this came to your mailbox. Hey, by the way, God's going to choose one of you or your siblings to like be the next anointed. It's kind of a big deal. Everyone gets all excited, dressed up, you know, practicing their struts or whatever. And then dad looks at you and he says, hey, by the way, I, I actually need you out with the sheep. I know it's a big event. I know it's a big deal, but I need you to take care of the sheep. And you're like, really? But like, can't I just skip it this one time? Ah, I mean, someone's got to be there with the sheep, man. And you're the youngest. He's probably not going to choose you anyway. Man, you don't think David was out in the field with some sense of fear of missing out? You don't think he was out in the field with some sense of like, man, I, I just want to see it. I just want to be in there. You don't think he was tempted to leave his sheep and go and like peer over the window just to see what's going on or just so that maybe Samuel might see him. And... But David was faithful in the little things. He was out with the sheep. He remained faithful. He remained responsible. It's actually this quality that David references later when he defeats Goliath. Goliath is on the scene, tearing up a storm, striking terror into everybody. And David runs along and he's like, man, Man, I defended the sheep when bears or lions came along. I'll take out this guy. This is not a big deal. He was faithful with the sheep. 
And it was that quality that God saw in his heart. This man is faithful in the little things. God uses everyday faithfulness to the little things to create big things in his kingdom. Oftentimes we think like, oh, we got to do something grandiose and some like huge action or decision and that's going to be the game changer. And more often than not, it's actually everyday faithfulness that creates big differences. It was actually when David stopped doing this, there was one time, um, it'll come up on your screens, but 2 Samuel chapter 11, in the spring of the year when kings go to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him and all of Israel, and they ravaged the Ammonites, this this group they were at war with, and they besieged uh, Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. In the springtime when kings go to war, David stayed behind. He wasn't faithful in the little things. He wasn't where he was supposed to be when he was supposed to be there, and it got him in trouble. How do we use our time? I know it is so easy to think of this season as some kind of like break, like, man, stay at home, COVID, awesome, like, man. And it's so tempting to give ourselves to like extra binge watching or uh, longer nights on Warzone or Fortnite or less sleep or, or sleeping in way more than we would regularly or just indulging in all these time wasters. And I get it and I've been there and I certainly don't do this perfectly. But this challenge, Remain Responsible, is all about being faithful in the everyday little things that God has called us to do. Whether that means not putting off homework, or whether that means being faithful in the chores that your family has for you, or whether that means making a phone call you need to make, or uh, looking at colleges, or sending out applications, or whatever. These acts of everyday faithfulness are actually some of the very qualities that God is looking at when he's looking for game changers, world changers. Who's faithful in the little things? Who's going to be with the sheep when I've got something big going on right around the corner? Who's going to be faithful? It's actually an invitation to partner with what Jesus is doing in this world. Jesus is at work, and he invites us in to partner with him. But time is so limited, right? Like, we we only have so much of it. So what if we thought about it like this? Like, this string here represents, like, eternity, time beginning and time ending. So like Genesis happens like way on this end of the string, right? And if you follow this path, you'll see this like one highlighted section right in the middle. What if in all of eternity, this one highlighted section represented our life? The amount of time that God has given us in this world. It's our chance to make a difference. It's our chance to build upon the foundation of those who came before us and set up the potential for those who come after us. But it rarely happens in these huge movements and like grand schemes and plans. More often than not, God creates big changes through small acts of faithfulness. David stayed with the sheep. It's easy to see this season as a break, but our challenge and our invite into this practice is 
What if we actually remain responsible and we're faithful in the little things, the things that God has for us to do, and we didn't neglect them and we didn't put them off, but what if we saw them as a way to step into what Jesus has asked us to do in this world? Because God is looking at the heart and he's looking for faithful followers, even in the tiny things. And so our challenge is accomplish some goals, set some new ones, but but remain responsible. For me, I can easily just go about a day and not think strategically about what I'm doing. So one of the things that God has really challenged me with over the past few years is making the most of time. And so every morning at 9 a.m., I have a little reminder that pops up on my screen on my phone, and it says, live in the 60. And it's a reminder that in these next 60 minutes, in this next hour, how can you live in a way that brings the most honor and glory to God and uses time best and the most wisely you can. And look, I, I get it. I'm, I've, I've been sucked into TikTok portals and I've gotten lost in Instagram and pulled some late nights and, you know, watched a movie on Netflix and it's like 1am and I'm like, oh, I should go to bed, but uh, let's start another. Like, I get it. I've been there, but I'm not saying I, I get it perfectly, but God is chipping away at my heart and helping me understand, hey man, time is limited. You only have a certain amount and I've only given you this, this, this chance here to partner with me in what I'm doing. Come on, come on, Matt. Let, let's, let's, let's make the most of it. To partner with Jesus and what he's doing in all of eternity. And so live in the 60. Make the most of this next hour or this next day. I, I've also learned to begin breaking down the month. I have like a monthly view, like here's the things that I have to get done this month and I want to get done this month. But in order to do that, what does this mean for this week? So now I begin to delegate those and uh, into the weeks. And if, if this week is going to be accomplished, then what does that mean today? Like, what are my top three goals for the day? Before I go to sleep, they got to be done. It helps me accomplish those goals so that I'm remaining faithful in those little things. So the challenge is to remain responsible, but it's really about, are we making the most of the time that God has given us? We're partnering with what Jesus is doing in this world, and we only have a limited amount of time, and it's the most valuable currency in life. So let us not waste it, but be faithful in it, because everyday acts of faithfulness result in gigantic kingdom movements. So let us be faithful, even if it's to sheep when the new king is getting chosen. That's what God is looking for. So students, we hope that this season is fruitful for you, and we get that it's tough. It's tough to be responsible all the time, but we're, we're saying this is a good practice, and it, it, it actually becomes a world-changing practice, too. So have a great night. Have a great week. We love you.